You're listening to Podcateers. Don't you usually go one, two, three? Usually I go one, two, three, but mm. this time I added a go just to make it easier. It's okay. special. Yeah, and then we can do a sound check. Ready? Special episode. The hills are alive <laughs> with or the sound the of coffee infused beer. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee-infused oatmeal style. <laughs> that sounds gross, dude. It is not. It's so it's It does sound gross. No. <laughs> How dare you guys? It's so good. If I think it sounds if, good. Oatmeal and If you've beer? had a Guinness. Yeah. No, it's it's made like with oatmeal it's instead infused, of wheat. Use the essence. Yeah. The essence is infused. If you've ever had a Guinness, it's very close to the flavor of a Guinness. So but it tastes a, a little bit more coffee-y. <laughs> because this oh. one has that coffee flavor. What a VJ question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what really happened is, ah, oh, dude, we ran out of barley. Aha, oatmeal. I have some oatmeal. <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes down. And that's, that's how Craft like Brewing the was born. Menu. <laughs> <laughs> the munchy meals. Yeah. Mm, we're gonna take a burger. Those are Ooh, horrible, by the way. Oh, we're gonna make a grilled cheeseburger. Hey, they're kind of good when it's like late night after party. Oh yeah, for so. sure. But yeah, we, we there's a reason they were created. Those, uh, the menu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're officially recording at this mm-hmm. point. I, I guess if people are listening at this point, you're probably wondering what happened to the theme song. Where to go? Why man? no music? Yeah. Where's the intro? What happened? Uh-oh. Hey, Zing, you'd normally come on and you're like, welcome to episode blah, blah, blah <laughs> of Podcateers. And you rant for five minutes. But what happened today? Well, good listeners, I will tell you what happened today. For starters, it is the fourth anniversary episode of Podcateers. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> So it's already exciting. We wanted to really get it started right. So just for all of you that are just nostalgic to hear my sultry voice, (laughs) because you've been used to listening to it for 209 episodes, here you go. Welcome to episode 210 of Podcateers. Uh, If you guys uh, have been following the podcast for some time, you guys would remember that, I mean, maybe saying it's the bane of my existence is taking it a little far. I'm being a little overdramatic. But <laughs> there has been something that has been bothering me with the podcast. It has been the bane of my existence <laughs> since the very beginning. And what is that? Do you guys know what the bane of my existence with the podcast is? I know what it is. What is it? It's the the music. Yes! <laughs> the music. <laughs> So here's the deal. Uh, when we started the podcast, obviously, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had something upbeat, something snappy. And we went online and started searching through all of these repositories for music that we felt was just going to represent podcasters. And we ended up finding some music in the YouTube audio library because YouTube said, you know what, guys, we're going to let you use this music for your videos. We're going to let you use it for your podcast and stuffs and anything else that you want to. It's free. Go be, go create. And so we did. The problem was that (laughs) as time passed, the song that we chose for the Podcateers intro started appearing in random places. <laughs> places like dun 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 Facebook ads. And then dun yep. dun dun dog food commercials. Dun 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 
furniture commercials. And when I started seeing it all around the internet and on TV and like local stations, you know, like super low budget ones too, where you would think like, seriously, you're using free audio. Uh, I started to really feel even more so at, than at the beginning that Podcateers really needed its own identity. We needed our own music. And the quest for our own theme song was born. And this was a couple of years ago. This is something I've been working on for a couple of years. And we never were able to find the right fit. We were never able to find that music. And we had several people try to help us out with this task. We also went on multiple sites where you could just buy pre-made music and try to find something. And we figured the more we pay, the better it will be because less people are likely to pay $80 for a track. That was not the case because there was one that we had chosen that I thought, oh, my God, this is so Bucketeers, guys, and it's so Disney. Like, woo! And then I heard it in some advertisements all over Facebook, and I thought, (laughs) verbatim, okay? And so, uh, you know, uh, I asked some friends, and thankfully we have – a lot of friends that are not only artistic but musically inclined and VJ put us in contact with a very good friend of his a musician named Nick from up in the Bay Area uh, he goes by Panic City and he's super talented VJ introduced me to a mix that he had done on his SoundCloud account and I, I I flipped I thought oh my god I think this is the guy that's going to create the music that we need VJ and I work really closely with Nick to try to work on this theme song, and we were just blown away. But before we continue with the episode, I think it's about time that we debut our new theme song. What do you guys think? Let's unleash it. Is everybody, is everybody, I'm excited. (laughs) Like, this is the first time, I mean, look. The benefits of being a fairy godparent, you know, part of the FGP squad was the fact that they got the chance to listen to this first before anybody else did. You know, before episode 209 launched, they had a chance to listen to this. So they were a whole week and a half ahead of everybody else. And now everybody else gets to hear. So if you guys are interested in becoming a part of the FGP squad, more info (laughs) on that shortly. But here we go, guys. This is it. The world... Wide debut <laughs> of the Podcateers theme song. Only wrestling fans are going to get this, but if I could get Jericho's <laughs> countdown timer, just a <laughs> the Y2K countdown. Ah, forget it. The point is, we got a new theme song. So here we go with episode 210, the fourth anniversary episode, and a brand new theme song of Podcateers. you guys but i love our new theme song yeah it's epic. dropping mad it's beats epic. y'all yeah that's right <laughs> yes. you know it it's uh, it's just i you guys don't understand like this quest to have 
our identity, you know, completed with a piece of music that I thought represented the energy of the podcast and just I, I just wanted something happy, you know, and, and there it is. We have it. Thanks again to Nick. Big shout out to Nick Panic City. Follow him on Instagram and all his social medias. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of his links will be available in the blog post for the episode. So podcasters.com slash 210. Totally. VJ, thank you very much for putting us in contact with Nick because, uh, as you know, when, when I was talking to you about this whole process of this song, I mean, I don't think <laughs> many people knew that I've been working on this for so long and I just wasn't happy with what people were sending me. And uh, this was it, man. It was it was it was the glass slipper. Yep, I was gonna say we had to the go there under a go. lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great, man. I'm so happy. Uh, we did end up getting some other music from other people uh, that I worked with, and you know that music I think we'll be using for other projects in the future. But this song, it was just it was so special to me. I, I can't stop talking about it. I'm just so excited. I'm just so happy that Pocketeers just has its own identity when it comes to the music. Woo! Hope you guys like it. Leave us a comment. I know it's going to take some time to get used to it, especially if you guys have been listening for longer than episode 190 and on. It's going to take me some time because four years into this, I've been listening to the same... Is that triple dent gum? It is triple dent gum. Or you could be like a listener from day one and be like, yay, it's this new stuff. So Finally, right? Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fun stuff. It's all yeah. good. Super excited. This is us leveling up, guys. So <laughs> Pocketeers leveling up and all of your support, uh, all of your messages, all of your comments and feedback from when I see you guys in the park. Uh all of our dreams together, I think, was really what helped make a lot of this possible. And I just want to say thank you, you know, because without you guys listening, we wouldn't exist. You guys are the heart of the podcast. To all of our listeners, to everyone in the FGP squad, thank you guys for your support over the last four years. Uh, I'm, I'm having so much fun doing this, and I hope that I continue having fun doing this for years and years and years and years to come with all of you guys. So thank you. Here, here. Woo! <laughs> I'll drink to that. Beers, yes. cheers, Mickey ears. That's yeah, right. Cheers. Coffee-infused oatmeal stout cheers. <laughs> dilly, dilly. I will <laughs> I'm not going to plug the beer that I'm drinking because they're not sponsoring us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you beat me. <laughs> I feel like Nick has got to be like an honorary podcateer now, right? Because he's a full-on contributor. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with like our own podcateers awards. <laughs> and start handing those out to people. Well, I mean, he has, he has been to Pixar with me. So, oh my God, that's awesome. We're going to have to do like our own podcateers legend award. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like it. That's, we're going to have to create that. And that'll be given out every two years at D23. <laughs> I'll follow Bobby. I'll take the podium right after Bobby. And we're going to have to be fast because we're going to get kicked out of Hall H. So we just have to do it really quick. It'll be the opening act for the Disney Legends. Oh. So if we make it into the hall in the first place. 
<laughs> oh, that's true. We gotta Too actually soon. make it in. <laughs> that's true. And the well, last time it was so close. So we'll do it during uh, during Alan Menken's after his because there's a lot of time. They don't sweep you out as fast. There you yeah. go. <laughs> we'll just hide under the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get like a D23 jacket and we'll start pushing around carts with chairs wait, and we'll just wait, walk right in. Wait, what are we talking in. about? We're pocketeers. We're going to be backstage Press anyway. Pass. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Remember our media passes, right? I'm going to flash that picture of me and Tony Baxter and be like, no, I'm with this guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you guys ever see that meme of, uh, was it Wayne and Garth going through backstage yes. with their access pass? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's going to be us. <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. You know, I wanted to to talk a little bit uh, with all of you guys. You know, we all have a bucket list, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a Disney bucket list, uh, you know, to travel all to the parks and stuff like that. You know, since you guys joined the podcast, is is there anything that's on your podcast bucket list that you would like to achieve as part of the podcast? Because if there is... I think we should all work together to try to help each other's dreams come true. Whether it's something simple as break the record of how many times I write Pirates of the Caribbean in one day from rope drop to when they tell me to get out of the park. Ooh, I'll take that right, challenge. Right, Kevin? That would be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Melissa yeah, already so... did that, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Pretty much. Kinda. Going, unless eating and going to the bathroom. Uh... <laughs> Isn't that what diapers are for? Gross. Give me an IV. That's nasty. That is not the pirate's life, sir. (laughs) Ironically, it might be the pirate's life. Um, That's why you have to nibble. You have to take like small bites of granola bars and stuff like that so that you don't have to step away. Only drink enough to stay hydrated for each trip. This isn't Survivor, dude. (laughs) It is Survivor. Survivor. Challenge accepted. Disney edition. Right? I wonder if there is a record. Do you guys know if there is one for pirates? I know there's one for mansion. There is? What is it? I think so. In one day? I don't know what the exact number. Yeah. Well, Pirates would be much lower because it's so much longer of an attraction. How many hours in an operating day and then how long the ride is and the wait times? It's a lot of math. <laughs> my That's my a lot Google of fast search passes. is just is. pulling up the, uh, the ride soundtrack on vinyl. So it's using the wrong version of record. <laughs> <laughs> so if you said 8 to, eight to midnight, what was that 16 hours right there? And if you do oh, that's twice, true. twice an hour, right? Maybe but what if get... the park opens at nine and the original record was set from eight to midnight? That's you true. That's what I'm saying. Right or day, you're gonna have you're or... gonna have to stay at the hotel so you could get extra magic hours so you have two more, or you could write it maybe three more <laughs> this times. This is getting expensive. <gasps> what if it we'll happened on a twenty-four hour day? What? Oh, that doesn't count. No, I does. does it, I guess it I mean, does. Does but it? I, that's that has to be for a twenty-four hour. Record. So then there has to, yeah, there has to be several, right? Most times in a twenty-four hour period. Most times in a standard park opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we gotta find this answer because now I think we have to try to beat these records or set our <laughs> own for other attractions. So is that okay. somebody's bucket list? No, I'm just saying. I just think it'll be cool. <laughs> but. But wait, okay, I, I like this idea, but let's do a pool, and let's all put in a guess at what we think the record is. And whoever... I don't know how to swim. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh. And whoever gets closest is so king of the pirates. <laughs> king pirate or king of the mansion. hitchhiking ghosts. 
No, we're guessing King how many times they've, seen, they've ridden Pirates of the Caribbean. If oh. an official record exists. Yeah. I'm going to guess 18. Okay, that's that's pretty solid. I was going to say 16. Okay, Because I'm still. thinking about like my numbers and then figuring out 16 could be it. Mm. Cool. Uh, AJ? I'm going to go big. Ooh. Well, I mean, that's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say 25. Whoa, that would be super uh, that's impressive. That's pretty solid. I mean, if somebody could do 25, that would be a difficult one to beat. But super fun trying to get it done. Yes. Actually, it is possible if they Don't pull you to the side. Either. Yeah. Don't block and me. And not have Don't. to wait the whole queue. True. Ah. Don't price is right. I mean, block me. Yeah. All right. I didn't say BJ? one dollar. <laughs> Dude, no joke. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say um one dollar. He's gonna say twenty four. No, then, I was actually gonna do or whatever. I I'm don't actually know. saying twenty two. Thank you very much. Because if we're doing eight a.m. to midnight, so that's sixteen. If you just do once an hour, and I'm factoring Fantasmic, so you could probably get in maybe four rides there. Mm, yeah, so I'm gonna say 22. in the morning though. In the morning, you could probably crank a, a lot out. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You're using logic. Yeah, now. I agree though. If it's a phantasmic night, you can get like four rides yeah. in during fantasmic. Exactly. So Plus, if you have max 22. pass, you can pretty much get max passes for a few of them and try to double up in that hour too, right? Uh, if and when they turn. Yeah, that it doesn't stuff. even exist right now, so. As of yet. Well, by the time by the time I think we take the challenge, it should exist. At least we're hoping it will. Oh wait, oh, we're taking wait, the challenge. We're taking the challenge. We're. I'm assuming Gavin's <laughs> gonna do it. Gavin's raising his hand. <laughs> I'll do it. I thought we were just guessing, like what the record would be. So, we are. So oh, Gavin no, we just are. has to do as many as he just said. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's two separate things oh, going winner. on here. We're doing a pool to see who gets as closest to if we can find an actual record, what that is. Okay. Aside from yeah. that, I'm going to take on the record and see if I can beat it. And I will take it on with you, sir. Yes. Just for the fun of it. I'll watch you guys. I'll go be All right. <laughs> right before midnight, Just, Hazen pushes Gavin out the boat. Just says, I got one more than you, buddy. <laughs> and always hold and it you over know what? him. I want to see how you guys are going to be in the end. Cause you guys, how delirious that'll! I want to see. You guys so, need to yes. set up a little station right at the head of the line, so that every time we get off the ride and jump back in, you can be ready with like little paper cups of water, like a marathon. Just like churros that we can munch on in line, <laughs> and we'll be good to go. We can do this as a team. <laughs> Splash water yeah. in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, man! Get in it together. Big cutouts. <laughs> Like, go, Gavin, go on these big, like, pieces of cardboard. Everybody would be like, yo, ho, yo, ho. Right before the, the dog with the keys, the next cell over is just us holding signs for Gavin. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, All right, Hazen, what's your dude, guess? Dude, I'm so in. What's your guess, dude? Oh, oh, what's my guess? Um, One dollar. Oh, that's going to be my guess. That's not a good guess. Um, I'm going to go with. Um, oh man, I feel like all the good numbers were taken already. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll I'll split the difference ish without doing lots of maths in my head. I'm gonna go with 19. All right, 
So that's going to be my official number. I wrote down all the answers. This. So, Right on. So how do we start talking about this again? Bucket list. Bucket oh, that's list? right. Bucket list. Oh, man. <laughs> bring okay, it back. So, bring it back. <laughs> sorry, but... <laughs> podcast bucket list. If you guys could do anything that, you know, pertain to the podcast, what would it be? Gavin, let's start with you. Um, I think for me, uh, my bucket list item here would be to use this to launch myself to a better podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wow. I don't blame you. Okay, LeBron. <laughs> I'm going to take my talents to <laughs> a podcast in South Beach. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm pumped about our, our crew here. We, we're, we're the best podcast, so I'm sticking here. And honestly, like, I just have that classic podcaster, you know, dream of making this something that we can actually do part-time or full-time and it's our job. You know, I'd love to have the time to really invest in it to the extent that I'd like to, you know, to, do a lot more research to, you know, get involved with, you know, all of our concepts that we've got in the works right now and to really develop those. I mean, I would enjoy that to no end. And I think we are kind of on that path. And, you know, hopefully if we play our cards right, we can we can make that come true. Right on, man. Uh, I love that. I, I I second a lot of what you said. So, Melissa, how about you? I'm really reaching for this one, but I'm going to say Pocketeers at Club 33. Mm. Word! Yes. That's a good one. I would love to experience with everybody, so. That would be let's amazing. Let's do it. Yeah. Just no pictures in the restrooms, okay, guys? <laughs> no, oh, man, no come on now. <laughs> it's such a good selfie. What about the live photos? I was going to say, it doesn't, like, my phone does live photos. I can't help that. That is a feature of my device. Yep. <laughs> so I can't, I can't really help that. That's awesome. I love that one. So check for that one as well. AJ, what about you? My bucket list item for Podcateers, and I know we have talked about it. I don't think on the podcast, but doing a live episode. Oh, Yes. Um, I think that'd be really cool to do. And yeah. yeah. Podcateers live. That would be amazing. Podcateers live at Comic-Con. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> okay, okay, baby steps. <laughs> I've never okay. even been to Comic-Con. I love that idea. So. Me here. I've Same heard, here. I've heard it's sweaty and smells like sweat. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of afraid of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great one. I've always wanted to do a live episode. I don't think we've ever had the means of doing it, but the way technology is going these days, I mean, with Instagram Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, man, we're getting so much closer, and I think that's going to happen soon. So that's a great one, AJ. Uh, VJ, what about you? Um. Well, everybody took all my answers. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but on top of it, like to kind of segue with everybody's, it would be cool when we do our own Disney commercial for Disney. Yes. Right? Oh. So if we're in, we're in a Disneyland ad. We're like, <gasps> that's us right there. Oh, <laughs> but I also oh, want to, like, I mean, there's so much for, for this podcast. Like, like Gavin was saying, we have so many ideas and, 
doors hopefully will be opening up for us where we get to go to Club 33 to try the new menu that Andrew Sutton's going to be making for us personally, right? <laughs> and we don't have to pay for it. That'd be cool, too. Um, or party at 21 Royal. <laughs> Hashtag Sutton on oh, Podcateers. <laughs> right? Or if we are doing a live stream, maybe we'll be with the row of the other uh, radio uh, shows that are like at DCA. Oh, That'd be nice. cool. Yes. You know, but I just want to have like a press pass so we could go see yes. all the cool stuff of D23 and interview all the celebrities for the movies that are going to be coming out. That'd be that real would be cool. Sweet. Yes. That would be awesome as well. Hashtag Thank- goals. Right? <laughs> and a red carpet mm-hmm. event. You guys have some great ones. <laughs> for I, one, babe. I know. Sorry. He said bucket list. <laughs> That's yeah, a list. It's a bucket, bucket list, list item. Yeah, yeah. Net, we'll go around again. Well, I and go do big. Bullet point two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could do that again if you want. If you guys have extra ones, that's great. I think I've had a lot of bucket list items for the podcast, and the fact that you guys have the same type of bucket list items and dreams for the podcast just honestly warms my heart. Like, I can't Aww. tell you how excited I am to have you all a part of the team. Uh, you know, hearing you guys say all of this. So for my bucket list item, uh, I'm going to tell you what my number one thing that I would want to come out of the podcast one day. And I know that this is really shooting for the stars because compared to some other sites and other podcasts, we're still growing. We're still very small. But one day, my goal is for us to sit down and talk to Bob Iger and interview him for the podcast. Yes. I think that if we got to that status... We made it. Nice. That's when we're like, yeah, boy, I like we did it. it. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm already flash forwarding so. to that interview and going at the end of the interview <laughs> saying, so, Bob, um, where's our podcast uh, booth? Where's our studio going to be? In- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we're, right we're getting our own radio office? Disney Is it right booth? there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be kind of like my ultimate bucket list item. I mean. All the other stuff, it's it's just icing on the cake, right? Everything mm-hmm. that you said is certainly on my bucket list. But, <clears throat> you know, Gavin, you talked a lot about, you know, making this into something that's bigger that we could maybe sustain our lives on and stuff like that. When we first started the podcast, uh, if you guys have been listening for some time, you guys have heard this story before. But when we first started the podcast... The reason I started it was because at my old job, I honestly felt like my creativity was dying. My job was so cookie cutter every day. I was bored and I spent so many hours in traffic. I didn't have any time to be creative. And the podcast was my way to force myself to do something, to learn something new, to be creative and and talk to my friends. And it turned into that. It pacified that need for me. And then it began to grow. And so now, maybe in our third year, I think, is when I really began to feel that maybe Podcateers could actually become a podcast where this could be our jobs. That's really where I think the conversation started about building a team and building not only a team, but a team of people that are just passionate about what they do and what they talk about and just building out what we've started. So Podcateers is the was the first step creating our identity with mm-hmm. the theme song, you know, has rounded out that idea. And I'm just I'm so excited, guys. I 
I almost feel like I'm gonna begin to cry if I keep blabbing right now. You guys don't understand. I'm just so excited and so happy. A little bit. Like it might be the beer talking guys, but I'm just gonna tell you. I love you all. I love you all. Yeah, I you know, I I could sit here and praise each one of you and tell you guys how much I care about each one of you, but okay, you can start. Uh, I Go will ahead. start crying at that. Point. We'll start with Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> tell BJ, us more. I'll start with you. Okay. <laughs> Again, I just can't say enough good things about you guys and how much I appreciate you guys jumping on board and helping us create, you know, what the next chapter of of Pocketeers is and the next chapter of leveling up. You know, if, totally. if we if I, maybe that's the name of this episode, I'm gonna call it leveling up because why not? I like it. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I thought we were I, like Marvel doing phases, phase two, phase three. We're gonna be ooh. doing it more than twenty years. <laughs> well, we're four years into it, so where would we be right now? Iron Man three. Oh my gosh. What <laughs> <laughs> suit number? No. Uh, suit number twenty nine. Mark twenty. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. So cheers everyone to the next phase of podcasters to use vj's term you know leveling up how whatever you want to call it the point is that i'm having fun doing this and more than ever before i think i'm having fun with you guys and now that we're all going to be able to head out to the parks with gavin moving out here from oklahoma just to be close to pirates of the caribbean i mean that's that's huge you know if you're moving out specifically for a ride and then podcasters is your consolation prize that's amazing that is <laughs> living the life right uh so let's get into some disney stuff shall we yes. I know we've been talking a lot about the podcast and stuff let's talk some incredibles too can we talk oh incredibles too oh my yes. gosh yes. yes i'm so psyched about this um Initial thoughts. Let's let's go around. VJ, let's start Ooh, with you this time. Do we want to start with Incredibles or do we want to start with Bao? Oh, oh that's sure. a good question. Yeah, let's start I with Bao. I had questions about that. Yeah, let's do Bao. Wait, are uh, we doing spoilers? Yeah. For the movie as well? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's been two weeks. Uh, I think so. It has been two weeks. We'll and... give a spoiler warning. Yeah. Well, yeah, let, yeah, let's make this the official. Spoiler warning, 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 warning. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> There's a lot about Bao that I think can be interpreted in many different ways. So, uh, Disney for two, let's start with you guys. You guys saw The Incredibles 2. You guys saw Bao. What were your thoughts on the short? So, when we first saw Bao, or Incredibles 2 and Bao opened up, I was so excited to see this because I heard a lot of different hype about it from it being directed by a female and all the Asian influences from foil around the stove to there's all these little hints you know that oh we all grew up like this or at least i did right i'm the only asian one on pocket tears so. pacific <laughs> islander calm down <laughs> <laughs> so i did see a lot of the stuff that i was like oh okay i that's how i grew up when it was going i was like oh that's kind of cool okay the bow is now alive okay the mom's feeding it it just took a weird turn and then it just threw me for a loop i was so like what the heck is going on and me and aj and our friend panda we were talking about it like what happened after the movie we're like i didn't get it like what what was going on and then just thinking about it now that i've been able to process it i should say um it was just how growing up 
how a lot of Asian parents are very strict. They always want their kids next to them, you know, and doesn't let them go. You can't like my dad would always, you know, let me go play basketball, but I only had 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, uh, it takes 10 minutes to get to the park. I could have to wait up for a pickup game. By the time I get there, I'm going to have to come back. But Asian parents are very strict like that, you know. The scenes where Bao couldn't play soccer with the other kids or couldn't go out, you know, because there was parties or whatnot as he was growing up, I started to realize, I'm like, oh, that was actually my life, you know. But when the mom ate the Bao, <laughs> um, spoiler, first off, I went, what the heck is going on? And how yeah. old is that dumpling? <laughs> um, <laughs> to me, it, it was representing like she just didn't want to let him go and just like, okay, now he's always with her by eating yeah. him. That That's what I got from it, like, after thinking about it. But during the movie, I was just, what just happened? You know, and I didn't get it. I didn't, till the very end, I'm like, okay, now this, there's there's a son? Like, what's, what's going on? I, at first reaction, it was confusing. But after thinking about it, I'm like, okay, she just wanted him to, be with him the whole time and had a hard time letting go like a lot of asian parents do like me my dad we had a battle like when i was moving out he was saying oh if you leave if you go out that door you can't come back and i was like what all right i'm out you know but he was trying to push me to say like you could handle anything out there i've already prepped you right. you know everything and yeah i did i did get the whole meaning behind the whole short you know so what i thought was good confusing at first but thinking about it i thought it was great yeah mm -hmm. those are cool insights man i yeah. I, yeah. I totally appreciate that because i i didn't get a lot of that same kind of stuff i got a, a really different kind of vibe from it so that's awesome and and like hazen said this thing can be seen in so many different ways so yeah. i'm interested to hear what everybody's thoughts are here what about you aj well my first thought of bow was I thought that her and her husband couldn't have children. So that's mm. where I thought it was going. So I thought mm. the bow was her child. Like she was taking care of the child. And you see she has it in its little like baby carrier. And she's watching him play soccer or, you know, all, doing all like the kid stuff. So that's where I thought it was going. And then all of a sudden, like she eats the bow. And, <laughs> and then you see that it actually was representing her son. And she's afraid of letting go and he's moving on he's growing up you know it's only natural right that he has now found love and moving out and moving on so um yeah i just didn't get why she had to eat it that was the weird part for me <laughs> i still don't really quite yeah. understand that um i think bj you didn't mention it in your your explanation right now but you said was she eating her feelings like eating the vow oh, that's a yeah that's an interesting take on it maybe huh? that was the symbolism i don't know but yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was really great to see a different story being told and a different culture being represented by pixar so yeah i enjoyed it just Please explain to me why she had to eat the bow. <laughs> I'm going to go with she was super hungry. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mel, let's go with your thoughts on it. Okay. So I didn't really know much about it uh, going into watching the movie. So when I was watching it, I kind of got 
the feeling that she was like really good at cooking and she was passionate and she loved this little masterpiece that she made and when you make something and you're really proud of it you know you want to take care of it no matter what and you're like sometimes people they make their food and they make their dishes and they're so proud of it and they're you know how when they take pictures and whatnot so that's kind of the same thing yeah so i thought of as like okay she's proud of it but then she started taking it out to places and it started sprouting legs and i'm just confused i'm like okay yeah the little goatee the goatee yeah exactly the (laughs) The little glasses i think were like the cutest addition (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm wondering okay there's got to be some um there's a metaphor there's got to be a metaphor that's what i saw it at as and when she ate it i'm like whoa whoa what what just happened the theater in um just you heard the laughing you heard the confusion and then you heard the what like <laughs> that moment happened at the end it's just like it was a really good twist because you saw her son come back and it was just like whoa now that you you see it in that sense that it was her son you heard some <laughs> sniffings and whatnot and, and you you felt that but i was so confused for the first half i love aj you you pointed it out i love how you pointed out a brand new culture i love what disney's doing i want to see more i want to see a little bit more of, of why like I just need some more information. But it was a roller coaster ride. And at mm-hmm. the end, I looked at my niece and she looked at me. And we're just like, what just happened? Like, we were so confused. <laughs> what but it happened? Was a... She didn't even add soy sauce. Just ate them like that. <laughs> <laughs> no hot mustard, no nothing. Oh, you need that. <laughs> but um, it ended yeah, up being a now. sweet story. I mean, no pun intended, but it ended up being a really good story. It just... Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Gavin, what about you? Well, first of all, let's just say welcome back, Pixar Shorts, because in the last Pixar movie, eh, we got a little ripped off. So I'm so glad that we have a Pixar short in front of a Pixar movie again. And, you know, it just feels like home when you've got Pixar introducing Pixar. And, you know, we've kind of all touched on the emotion of this piece. And I feel like Pixar does such a great job of just pulling on your heartstrings and getting you in an emotional state even before they start the feature film. Right. And I think this movie does that perfectly or this short film does that perfectly. My interpretation of this is that it's. It's a couple and specifically a mother who's dealing with the early stages of having an empty nest. And she's projecting all of this onto this dumpling that she's made, right? Uh, To me, this dumpling never actually comes to life. And all of this takes place like in kind of a snowball moment of reminiscing and memories for this mother. And she's seeing this kind of upbringing and this growing up take place like right before her eyes she's remembering her son through this adorable little dumpling that she's you know envisioning this through and so to me she never leaves that kitchen table it all happens in her mind 
kind of all at once in a flash. And when the emotions get too strong for her, she can't take it anymore. She just puts the dumpling in her mouth and is like, ah, I can't deal with this right now. And, and, and that's kind of what that whole segment is to me. And then we kind of see her transition into the bedroom scene where she's kind of laying there sobbing and just, you know, depressed and sad that this part of her life is over and a new chapter starting. And I'm not a parent, but, you know, I remember seeing the emotions that my parents experienced when I left home. And, you know, I, I can see how that, that happens. And then, yeah, when the, when the son returns and his, head and his haircut make kind of the the dumpling shape it's freaking <laughs> adorable yeah and, and you kind of instantly get it you're like oh my gosh she's just she's just struggling with this time you know and this this idea of ah this person that's been a part of my life and that i've loved and that's been here every day is not here anymore and that's a struggle and we can all relate to that in various ways and i love the moment though my favorite moment of the whole thing is when <laughs> Uh, the son is kind of standing there in the doorway, not doing anything. And you see the dad just kind of sneak around the corner and just shove him into the room yeah. and shut the door. Like, yeah, you guys right. have to deal with this. And, you know, and then it becomes just the sweetest, most beautiful moment ever. And that's where Pixar soars. I, I yeah. love what they do in their short films. And that's why they they create the best short films. I love it. And the other thing that I love about this is that they do it all without dialogue. There's mm -hmm. not a single yeah. word spoken in this film. And it translates to the viewer so many ideas and emotions. And even if you have a direct connection with this like Vijay or you have a feeling of confusion like Melissa, you feel these emotions. And that's that's just so amazing. You know the what they can do with these animated characters and the expressions they make and the you know just the the actions that that you know are, are expressed in these little short films i think this thing was like six minutes long but you feel like you went on this whole journey and gosh i could go on and on and on about it but i, I think this this encapsulates why pixar is such a great uh filmmaking company and i I'm a huge fan of them and what they do, and I can't wait to see more shorts. I hope they never stop this tradition because it's a great tradition that they do. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. The The characters were just so expressive. And I don't know what your beef is with Lou, but I liked Lou. I thought you were talking about Frozen. Yeah, I was talking about That's uh, what I thought Olaf's so too. Frozen In Christmas Crack. Oh. Coco. Oh, is that yeah. what you were talking yes. about? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, wait, what is <laughs> Well, it shows what you know. I just I like locked Lou. that out Lou of my dope. brain. Yeah, Lou was really pretty good. good. I was talking about the only time they did a Pixar movie, and they led with a Disney short. And, and they it, led with an entire Disney, Disney movie. Yeah, a Disney long, <laughs> yes. and then they pulled it after two and a half weeks because it didn't work. So, Wasn't wow. needed. Yeah, but I'm just glad that they had a – Pixar short in front of a Pixar movie because that's what <laughs> that's it, what it needs to be. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, for everything that you guys have said about the film, I think you all raised really good points. I felt all the confusion. I felt all the feelings. I felt everything that you guys uh, said you experienced. But I think when I saw the mom uh, laying in bed, 
I understood what you were saying, Gavin, that, you know, parents go through this stage where they're getting ready for this emptiness syndrome, right? And she just felt that depression. You know, you said you understood it because you felt it when your parents, you know, when you were leaving and your parents were going through that. At the end of this short, it was so weird because I left wanting to go hug my mom. Nice. You know, at the end, I just I just felt like I needed to go see her and give her a big hug. Uh, to me, it spoke a little differently. I felt that the entire thing took place while she was laying in bed. Like, okay. it felt like it was just a dream to her, that none of it actually happened. It's very similar to what you were saying, Gavin, where it's kind of like the snowball of things right before she ate the the dumpling. But for me, it felt like she was in this state of depression, laying in bed, and it was all kind of a dream that she experienced and the guilt that she felt from wanting to have her son. Like you said, AJ, it was just like keeping him there, eating your feelings. That's how she dealt with it, right? So I felt it was more a story of her being really depressed about her son leaving. Um, but yeah, it was the entire thing was just so touching because of how they told the story. You're absolutely right about just the expression and how much they extracted from those characters. It's certainly something that is, it's something Pixar is great at, right? Mm -hmm. And we've seen it like with Wally. I mean, so much of Wally at the beginning, completely without dialogue. And it's not just like a little short, it's the, the majority of that film has no dialogue and it's so expressive. Like when even Wally are flying around when they do the defined dancing scene, it's so expressive. And these robots don't even have real faces, right? You're, you're making that connection and you're creating that face because of how it's built. Yeah, man, those little glasses on, <laughs> on that little dumpling and everything, uh, super cool. If there's anything that I've taken from this, though, is that I don't think I can ever eat a dumpling without the fear of it yelling. <laughs> so if putting soy sauce on that is going to help VJ, maybe I'll, I, I'm just going to have to put soy sauce on every dumpling that I eat going forward. But it was touching. I really enjoyed it. It's it's certainly up there. All these Pixar shorts, man, they get so cerebral. you mm. know. And I think that as we begin to see... Uh, a more diverse take you know we we've it's been i don't want to say it's been very linear because there has been uh, a lot of diversity in the shorts but i don't think we've ever seen this much diversity where it really takes on just an entire culture and how they act with their children mm -hmm. we i think we may have seen it a little bit with sanjay's super team yeah i was thinking but i one. think yeah. this one hit a lot more on those key notes so uh, yeah, I mean, leave us your thoughts on what you guys thought about Bao when you guys saw it. Uh, if you guys connected with it in any way that any of us connected, you know, join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, uh, or tell us how you interpreted the the short film. Was it, you know, just did you connect with it on on a cultural level? Did you connect with it because you're a mother? Uh, I could tell you that as a father. I do kind of understand what our parents have gone through and I know eventually I will go through because, I mean, the ages my kids are right now, it seems so cliche, but you do feel like you blink and all of a sudden they're eight years old, right? And 
I, I can completely empathize with this with this mother in this it's an animated short and I feel like empathy towards her you know it's so strange <laughs> that she's not even real but the feelings that were portrayed in the short film like I felt them you know so leave us a comment tell us what you guys think before I start crying so uh, I'm gonna take a sip of my beer and we're going to continue by talking about The Incredibles 2. Yay! Yes! <laughs> uh, I mean, where to start? Uh, should we start with the fact that the opening weekend of Incredibles 2 was absolutely incredible? Yes. Breaking records. Um, yep. Launching with 180 million in I just under 5,000 locations all around the U.S., uh, it beat the previously held record by Finding Dory, which was at mm-hmm. 135 in 2016. 14 years in the making, guys. Your thoughts on watching Incredibles 2. Melissa, let's start with you. So awesome and so worth the wait. Um, I really, really, really appreciated that they took the first two like minutes. Everybody that was on the uh, cast... And the crew, like, they took the time to say thank you. They knew it was 14 long years. Mm-hmm. And they, like, the way that they acknowledged it was awesome in the mm-hmm. beginning. Ugh, I-, I got chills, like, the moment the castle opening. Yeah, that castle opening scene was dope. Yes. Yeah. And the themed Pixar yes. opening. Which, yeah. I don't know oh, yeah. if there's yeah, ever been a red. themed <laughs> Pixar opening, is yes. there? That might be the first one. Yeah, I, that was so cool. It was. I'm like, oh, it's 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 happening. This yeah. is cool. And I want that as a poster or a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Either one. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, every Pixar movie, there's something that just goes up in skill. You just see a difference in every movie, and in this one, the details and everything, the colors. Can we start with the sunset? In the first action scene with the monorail. Sure. Those mm. colors. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. They're <laughs> <laughs> so pretty. And it's just the details to that is just crazy. Especially when she's flying through. Like, was she flying through or was she falling through? She's flying through. At worst, she was falling with style. Ex- True that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just the details on all that. I mean... I, I thought it was awesome. That and the water effect mm-hmm. at the yeah. motel. Mm-hmm. Good job, Pixar. Good job. I know. I, know. I want that house. <laughs> yes. Oh, that it's house on Zillow. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think we ever had a chance to talk about that, but the Incredibles mansion from Incredibles 2 was on Zillow. We'll put a link for it in the blog post for the episode. It's pretty cool to go into the listing and see all the photos from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. I want to go to there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ, what did you think? I thought it was incredible. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> no one said it yet. <laughs> There's one in every group. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've been waiting 14 years, like everyone else, and man, it was so good to go back to the characters that we have grown to love. I mean, our dogs, they're named Ash and Violet. Like, obviously, we love The Incredibles. So super, super happy that they came out with a second one. 
Um, it didn't disappoint. I really enjoyed it. I loved, I just, I just loved everything. I don't know. Um, trying to think of just a couple of things. Of course, the music, mm-hmm. both old and new, mm-hmm. that was added. Um, Michael Giacchino. Shout out. We're BFFs now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Hashtag Michael on Pocketeers. Yeah. <laughs> Mike G on Pocketeers. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was really really awesome. I love the music. Um, what else? And the mood. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I I'm, I knew I was thinking something. Okay. I'll just say one of my favorite parts was the part where. Edna was babysitting Jack Jack. Oh my goodness, that was <laughs> yeah. hilarious, and she was so excited. That I was a little shocked about that. How willingly she took him and was gonna babysit him for how long was it? Was it twelve hours? Seventeen? Overnight. Overnight. Yeah. yeah. They said how many hours though, right? Well, he slept for seventeen. He slept for seventeen. Yeah. yeah. So it was at least seventeen. Yeah. 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 And Edna and Mode is savvy. She can spot an opportunity, and that's exactly what she did. That's mm-hmm. true. Pounced yeah. on it. <laughs> and when Jack Jack was acting like her and walking with her little, <laughs> oh his little lollipop, that so oh my adorable. goodness! That's amazing. And then did the hand scan and the eye thing, and, and then the voice, the voice. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was so good. It was. It was just all so good, and I think that they left it off at a good spot where VJ and I were talking about this, we feel like there might be another one. Yes. It, it did. Mm-hmm. It's done so yes. well. It's going to continue to do really well. And now that supers are legal, you never yeah. know. We might see a third installment. Of so look for number three incredible. in 2032. Yeah. <laughs> another no. 14 years. <laughs> Hopefully not. And we also got to see it in a theater with Dolby Digital Surround Sound. Yeah, that was our first time. Cool. Did you feel that it made a difference? Because we saw it in IMAX. It made a Uh, difference. Really? So We were like in it. You could feel it. Nice. (laughs) I've been doing research as far as what theater to see this in. And movies were like, okay, do we see it in IMAX? Because it was... You know, if it's filmed in IMAX, like um, Infinity War, then I'll do it. If it's filmed in 3D, then I'll do 3D. But I don't think it was filmed in any of that. So I went for the sound and size. So that's why we went to a Dolby Cinema uh, Theater. And there's not too many here in L.A. or Orange County, I should say. So we went to the Norok one. If you look inside, there are like... 50 subwoofers at the top, so many behind the screen, what? all on the side. Everything is lit up red because the speakers are just glowing. And then I've never nice. felt your chair, your like we had reclining uh, leather chairs, like we were rumbling because the subwoofers were below us. Like everything, we're like, oh my God, it was crazy. Definitely recommend it. I want to see Infinity War in that. Um, Field trip. Theater, what right? was the difference in, in ticket price compared to going to like an AMC or Edwards or something? You know, it's it's weird because this was still an AMC, but it's cheaper than most AMCs that we've been to, like uh, Downtown Disney or the Block at Orange. Um, this was, uh, I think we saw it at thirteen twenty five, was and it was a um, a late night movie, so we oh, saw the last. It was like at eleven fifteen when we saw it. 
Dang. And it wasn't too okay. crowded, but yeah, just the sound alone and the size of that theater was dope. So definitely going to go back there to watch another one or maybe Dude. see Incredibles 2 again. Imagine um, hearing all 32 notes of the THX in that theater. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to. You, it's definitely crazy because we've you go to like the DTS ones or, you know, uh, IMAX and everything like I think this has the best sound out of nice. all theaters that, wow. that I've ever been to. Is the um, is cool. the theater curved in any way so that the acoustics bounce off better and they don't get trapped in the corner? Like, could you see that or was it not? Uh, visible? I don't know. It's it didn't seem like it was curved too much. Um, but I mean, when you go in, you just see speakers like they're every three feet is a speaker. You're just like, this is nuts. Wow, (laughs) It's like somebody said, no, we just need 24 speakers. And then somebody from Dolby said, okay, let's put five times more many speakers. It was (laughs) insane. Um, I'd hate to be in the theater next to that. (laughs) That's just like Whoa. the first part. But see the top? Are all those red lights speakers? Those are speakers. Yeah. And that's not even nice. including the speakers behind the screen and behind us and above us and underneath us. There's speakers and everywhere. Under your wow. seats. And... No, seriously, they are underneath the seats because you wow. rumble. <laughs> Like, there were parts where doors slam and you're like, oh, whoa, that kind of scared me. <laughs> Did you ever feel like I should have worn earplugs? No, it no. wasn't no. too, it wasn't like... Imagine if it was it was um, sound that was just you were just perfectly surrounded. It wasn't say one speaker in each corner just blaring. It was nice even sound, so it didn't nice. seem forced. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But to the movie, <laughs> I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, people know that Incredibles, the first one, is my favorite Pixar movie. This one, I was just like, oh, thank you. It, it is weird to kind of know what was going to happen like we all had our theories of oh this is going to be like elastigirl's uh movie and it was it's like everything we thought of but they twisted it just a little bit so we yeah. could still be entertained we're like whoa didn't see that coming um elastigirl her power dude her powers are dope like heck yeah some of the things that she did i could not i, I want to know how the people at Pixar came up with some of these ideas, like watching Fantastic Four, and you see what's his name, Plastic. What's the um, Mr. Fantastic? Yeah, Mr. Fantastic. She blows him out the water. Like mm-hmm. some of the stuff, I'm like, um, Mr. Fantastic, you need to take some notes on what Elastigirl could do, because yeah, it's on just on the insane. motorcycle. Yeah, on, on the, the motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Um, ev- I love how everybody came back. Um, to redo the voices except for Dash because he uh, I forget uh, who's I forget who the kid was who did his voice in the original one but he grew up um, but the person who did his, voice, alert. <laughs> did, his, did his voice in the second one I thought was just like on Spot par on. get it yeah. par. oh, oh <laughs> no pun intended um, wow. and I, I thought everybody's character arcs were so great like from Elastigirl to Mr. Incredible like seeing the struggle and saying uh-huh. like i'm going to do this so then i could be out there later <laughs> i have to do this and for him to be like and maybe hazen will point this out um him wanting to do, be the best dad for his kids you know 
so that was cool. Um, I love what's her name, Ellen, Evelyn, the sister of. Uh, oh my gosh, the one who created all Evelyn. the tech, Evelyn. Yeah, right? Evelyn. Yeah. Dude, she looked like she's been through the ringer. Evelyn, um, like she was. She, how like, do you say her? Like, drunk, right? Divorce. Divorce. Yeah. But I was gonna say, did you guys? I, to me, I thought, and maybe Gavin, you picked up on this. Uh, her animation seemed three steps high, like better quality than everybody else's. Like she picked up on the mannerisms of everybody, you know, like just normal humans from the way we slouch to looking tired to like her shoulders were down, you know, like everybody Having else one seemed too many very, drinks. Yeah, exactly. But she seemed more lifelike than everybody else. Cause like Mr. Mm -hmm. Incredible is very stiff. Even when he, when he was like tired, he was still hunched yeah. over stiff. So I thought her animation was very cool. You know, she looked more human than everybody else. Um, the, I guess the bad guys that were good, you know, like the new superheroes that they had to. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like, at first when you're watching it, I was like, man, these superheroes kind of look like the C string. Like they're not very, <laughs> you know, they're not up there. But then after seeing how they become villains, I was like, okay, because they look more like villains than, you know, superheroes. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was a cool twist when they made them to villains. I was like, okay, now they look perfect for it. And then when, yeah. So, yeah, so much great stuff about this movie. I know. You know. Just choose your favorites, babe. <laughs> I know. Hazen and Gavin still have to go. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. See it. I can't wait to see it again. Um, but yeah, Jack-Jack needs his own movie. Oh, yes. for real. Or a series yes. of shorts, at least. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like they did Mater's Tales, but, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. My favorite, favorite, like, I just lost it, was Jack-Jack versus the raccoon. Yes. Oh, that was so good. Awesome. That was so good. The raccoon's like, what? What are you going to do? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> they need to do a bunch of shorts like that. That would be awesome. Yep. Just battles. I was like, hey, Rocket's in here? You know? Right? <laughs> oh, Trash Panda. <laughs> Gavin, your thoughts on Incredibles 2. Oh, man. I've got so many thoughts on this movie. But you only have 30 seconds because VJ uh, took up all the time. I can't. Yeah. Sorry I again. Can't. <laughs> oh, we have a, we 29, have a time limit on 28. No, I'm kidding. 27. <laughs> so, look, this, this movie is amazing. I, I think we're kind of all in agreement there. What they did. You know, serving the fans of the original Incredibles was perfect. You know, they gave us everything that we've been craving for 14 years. They did a great job of it. They did a, an amazing job with the story. You know, they did kind of a flip the script idea where, you know, instead of Bob's turn, it's Helen's turn to kind of be in the limelight. But they did it in a way that it didn't seem like a repeat at all. You know, right. it was fresh. It, it felt like a new story. The other thing I love that they did with the story is they gave the rest of the characters a chance to come to full fruition, which is what why we wanted a sequel for this movie in the first place, right? We wanted to see the whole family participate in heroic adventures now. You know, we get that one moment at the end of the film where it's like, oh, yes, they're going to be awesome at the end of Incredibles. And now in Incredibles 2, we get to see that play out. And I love that. You know, it's just so cathartic to finally see you know, even though the parents are still trying to be parents and protect the kids, the kids are kicking butt in this movie. They're just 
awesome. They're they're developing their own personalities and their own storylines. I thought Dash was hilarious. Yeah. I thought Vi- Violet's story, especially on the romantic side, was totally engaging and the scene at the happy platter was just amazing (laughs) the the water coming out of the nose was just brilliant i i love that moment (laughs) and you know back to what vj said it just shows that that desperate desire for bob to just be the greatest super dad in the world and he's failing but he's just trying so hard uh you know and eventually he gets it uh, to, and, you know, we talked about Edna Mode, and Edna Mode was great. We got to see a lot more of her yeah. personality come forth and kind of her motivations in this movie. And that was really entertaining. But I tell you what, it for me, it's Jack-Jack that steals the show in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was so entertaining. The fact that his powers are still being revealed to us. We're, we're discovering new powers. They're entertaining at every angle. And to watch the other characters in the film discover, oh, my gosh, this kid has powers. Oh, my gosh, this kid has crazy powers. And yeah. I, I just love all the reactions to Jack-Jack. And, and yes, the raccoon scene was priceless. That, to me, is the highlight of the film. I, I absolutely love it. So on, on the story level, I, I really love what they did. I thought they kept it creative and fresh. And I love the way that this movie starts the second the last movie ended. I thought that was great. And I thought they did a great job of just rolling it into the next adventure. And if they do another one, I kind of hope they do it similar. But I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. Is I'm, I'm hoping they kind of leave it where it is. Uh, just because of the number of Pixar sequels we've already had. The artwork for this movie is incredible uh it it's really amazing when you think back on the original movie you know we're a full generation of animation advancement you know from the original movie and it shows and the the textures the lighting the effects the environments everything is just so lush and detailed and the details are just exquisite at in every single scene and it just really shows, you know, I, I always maintained that The Incredibles was kind of the last Pixar movie that I feel like it's okay to own on DVD instead of Blu-ray because they hadn't really gotten to that just really fine quality that they re- reach with, with, like, by the time they get to Up, Up is really where they kind of hit the next level where the, the quality is just pristine. So it, it's weird to see the differences, and I think that, um, the character differences they handled pretty well. My one critic, well, I guess I have two character criticisms, and and VJ kind of hit on it. Where the the female villain, what was her name again? Evelyn. 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 I felt like she was much more contemporary in an animation style than the rest of the characters because they were trying to maintain that original stylistic look, right. but with her. Not so much. Like, even her brother seemed to fit in better with the Incredibles universe than she did. I felt like she kind of stood out a little bit and and didn't quite fit the aesthetic of the rest of the characters. I thought she was animated very well. I I thought she she was great. But I just thought her design was a little bit weird. 
And then I also felt like Dash seemed a little taller and, and like slightly different proportions than the original movie. Totally nitpicky, but I felt like they were presenting him a little differently. And, and I thought that was kind of weird. But I got over it really quickly because his character was amazing. Um, the last thing I'll say is just to hit on the music again. The the fact that they continued with this kind of spy movie sound, you know, all that kind of iconic, nostalgic uh, sound that they created in the first film, they continued in this film. They just kind of evolved it forward and gave it a new edge. And I loved it. I thought it played perfectly. And the, the sound quality of the music mixed with the special effects just really helped to drive the action in the story. I honestly think this is one of the best sequels that Pixar has ever done. And I know that a lot of people are tiring of Pixar sequels, but I hope it doesn't turn people off from seeing this movie because they definitely need to, because I think it absolutely stacks up with the original movie and it may even be better. I I think this movie is phenomenal, very Mm -hmm. entertaining. I think it's hilarious. I think it's funnier than the first one. And I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> nice. Well, that concludes this episode of Podcateers. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have any thoughts that uh, I think Gavin hit on everything I wanted to talk about. I, you all hit on, on things I wanted to talk about. Just to comment on a few things that you said, Gavin. Dash, I think they presented him in that way because, you know, he's becoming a teenager. He's, you know, growing up. He did seem a little bit more muscular in the shoulder area than he did in the first one. So because I think he ate that's his vegetables. He saw the he scene did, yeah. he ate all those vegetables. Just like Jack-Jack was gnawing on the broccoli. Um, there, Man, where do I start? You guys hit on so many great points about it. Uh, I'll start with this. Quick nod to The Outer Limits, one of my favorite yes. shows of all time. The fact that they had a little nod to it that we control the horizontal, we control the vertical. It's like, ah, it's the outer limits, yeah! Kind of freaked out when I saw that. <laughs> the animation, you guys touched on it. The water itself, the scenes, it just all seems so real. You know, there was one scene where they were doing Helen's makeup to appear on the TV show. The shot and how they lit it of the makeup artist putting uh, the makeup on Helen, like I could have sworn it was a photograph for a second. Like right when you glance at it, it didn't seem like an animated sequence. Mm -hmm. It was just so amazingly lit. It was so well done. Ah, It's just, it's beautiful. Uh, Evelyn... Yeah, uh, the like you said, the most contemporary of all of the characters, right? The cars, the clothing, the demeanor of people gives us an idea that this movie is taking place in the 50s or 60s. Uh, and then her dress and her hairstyle is so 80s, early yeah. 90s that it really does disconnect you from that character a little bit. It, she does seem out of place, but I... I can only say that it was by design, right? Because they wanted you to feel that something was off with her from the very beginning because her dialogue, when she's talking to Helen, there's always that like, Oh, but you know, you're kind of in the front now you're no longer in his shadow. So there was always these one liners that she would throw out that just didn't feel right. You know, like Devin would say one thing or what was his name? Something to Winston. Winston, yeah. yeah. So Winston, or, her or, brother would say uh, something. Or, as I call him, Alistair Cray. 
Alistair Cray. So Winston would say something, and he'd be so excited about this whole superhero thing that's going on. And then she'd come back with this one-liner that's like, yeah, he lives in a dream world. I'm more realistic. Whatever, right? So she seemed a lot more uh, advanced in her thinking, you know, about the world than he did. And I, I, I did like her character. It was just a very sneaky character. The twist was it was there. Like it wasn't something that you saw until pretty late in the movie. And I enjoyed that because when you feel like you figured out the film in the first 10 or 15 minutes, I feel it ruins it for you, right? You can still kind of enjoy it. You can enjoy all, enjoy the animation and the visuals and everything. But I didn't see this coming until way after. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Certain one-liners like, uh, name's Reflux. Um, medical <laughs> condition or superpower, you decide. You decide. <laughs> like, stuff like that I thought was like, ah, oh, that's so genius. It's so gross, but so genius. The little things like having my kids on my lap, feeding them, reading them stories, you know, singing to them, stuff like that. As a parent, you see these interactions uh, of Bob and Jack-Jack, and it just makes you, you get the warm and fuzzies inside, right? You get all the feels acting up all at once. And then just the little things Jack-Jack would do, like gnaw on a piece of broccoli in the background and then just start laughing randomly because something just (laughs) busted him up. Like, you're right, Jack-Jack stole the show. He's my favorite character right now in the entire film. And it's not just because he has 17 powers, which I think we've only seen really 14 of them. But whatever, I'm not counting. I would love to see, the like you guys mentioned, the little short films. Yeah, I'm glad that you touched on the whole aspect of of sequels. Because we've spent a good amount of time on this podcast. I'm not going to say bashing the sequels obviously because i think we've enjoyed them but sure we have talked a little bit about how we've seen so many sequels that what we wanted to see was uh, an original story and that's why coco was so important to us and it was um just great to watch because it was an original story it wasn't a follow-up to anything else that we've seen this one I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but when you look at the list of all of the Pixar films, when you look at the directors and the writers and the producers, there's a bit of a laundry list for each one of those. There's at least three or four producers, one or two directors. But when you look at Incredibles 1 and you look at Incredibles 2, one name, Mm -hmm. Brad Bird. The man, the myth, the legend. And so I don't know if it has why this story felt so much truer to the first one and felt like a true continuation where the story didn't seem like it was a cash grab. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. seem like, hey, let's just make a sequel because we want to add this land at California Adventure and it fits what we're doing. This truly felt like this was written with the first one, he ran out of time, and then 14 years later, he just had time to film the second half of his story. Mm-hmm. Like That's just what it felt like to me. It was so well-knit into the fabric of the original one that Edna would be proud of how that mm-hmm. was done. <laughs> I totally forgot to bring this up. The Screen Slaver's Cage Trap. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That was amazing. And... 
Right before Helen goes into there. Huh? <laughs> I'm all Evelyn's trap, you mean? Yeah, Evelyn's trap. Um, there's a little clock right before Helen goes into the, the trap itself. Yeah. It was... Was that a hidden Mickey? Because it, yeah. it had like the three it. circles and well, it... As, we saw it, yeah. I can tell you okay. that my like, youngest son pointed that out. <laughs> Nice. Really? My youngest son pointed at it, and I heard him whisper to to Lynette, "Mom, that's a hidden Mickey." That's amazing. We did the same thing. Me and my niece were like, "What? Did, did we? Did, was that it?" Or like, oh, that's yeah. so cool." <laughs> okay, so I, I gotta ask, guys, because I, I didn't see it. I paid as close attention no as possible. <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask. Where's the Pizza Planet truck? Right. It's in there. It's gotta be right. Well, I didn't was see it in it. the first one? I saw A113. Yeah, but... We saw A113 uh, twice. Oh, we saw it at the end. I didn't see it the first time. Wait, the Pizza on... Planet I truck's not in the first one? No. no. Are you sure? Yeah. Brad Bird said he did not include it. Is that the only one that doesn't have it? And I think Good Dinosaur? Yeah. Well, it makes sense in that yeah. <laughs> movie. No huh. cars, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in Brave, they had a wooden... Yeah, uh, oh, figure of it. The little toy. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, I mean, she was a time traveler, so I get that. <laughs> <laughs> it would kind of make sense, right, if this one didn't have the Pizza Planet truck, because if you think of the whole Pixar theory, the whole Pixar timeline and stuff like that, technically this is happening years before Toy Story would have been around. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense if he did exclude it from this one. So it's like the 60s, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. with all the furniture. I would say it's, like, 50s, 60s, 50s, yeah. 60s. Well, I love the Johnny Quest. <laughs> like, when we were watching Johnny Quest, oh, I was like, yes! yes! I used to watch that yes! all the time. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> but with the technology, with the computers and everything, I was like, wait, what era is this really supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, they've always used that. and our up. friends were always saying, we were talking about, like, just, wow, that's technology is a little more far advanced than 50s and 60s. Yeah. But... They've so, yeah, always that's kind I don't of think it would be part of the timeline of Pixar right. theory. <laughs> I agree with that. And they've always kind of fudged that timeline, you know, because even in the original one they had computers, but everything was designed like it was in the fifties. Right. And I and I think this one's kind of more the same. And you know, Hazen, you mentioned Evelyn's look and her design, and I actually saw it as much more of a kind of an early sixties mod look than an 80s, oh, 90s look. Because mm. a lot of those looks in the 80s and 90s were taking their cues from the 60s. From the 60s. There, was a, there was a big retro um, trend that happened in that time period. So mm-hmm. a lot of those looks had been done before. They were just recycled and rebranded, basically. So that's kind of how I saw her. Um, you know, I, I really dug the screen slaver idea uh, yeah. of, for a villain. I do think that it was interesting that we we really didn't have what felt like, you know, an actual villain to stand in front of you. You know, we didn't have syndrome and we didn't have bomb voyage. And, you know, mm-hmm. that was a, an interesting take that they could make this really compelling story. But this villain was really kind of a mist, you know, smoke and mirrors basically. And I thought that was kind of a neat take because you would have expected them just to have, a villain, you know, like they had the underminer in the beginning. Right. And I kind of thought maybe he would become the main villain of this whole movie, but you know, he's kind of dispatched with rather quickly and then they move on to screen slaver. And I kind of liked the idea behind it because it kind of took on this idea of mass control and, 
and you know the hypnotic effect that it had and it kind of made it more dastardly and more evil in a way and and i thought they did a great job with that the other thing i want to bring up is uh we hit on all of the other heroes that were brought in i love the fact that they introduced several new characters but none of them were main characters so it didn't feel like we had to really learn a whole new cast of of people kind of like in cars 2 where it felt like oh my gosh there's so many new characters to learn and and it kind of got overwhelming in this one they all kind of played smaller roles they all kind of served the main purpose but you didn't feel overwhelmed so you kind of got to just enjoy a lot of these new heroes and I loved what they did with Void and, and her mm-hmm. power and, and especially when she starts to partner up with Elastigirl in the climactic mm-hmm. scene at the end. I thought that was really fun to watch play out. But I think my favorite of those characters was Crusher. I I just yeah. liked him. He just seemed so classic and, and he You want he, me to uncrush? Yeah, he's like he's like, What if someone asks you to unpunch? What do you do? <laughs> I love it. It's so genius. And I love that he just kind of uses the force to just crush things in front of him and I just thought that was so just basic and and beautiful of a of a just a side superhero character. I, I really enjoyed him. So I mean, I, I I thought they did such a good job incorporating those characters to that level, but not to a level where you had to really invest yourself in them. So, I mean, yeah. kudos to those writers. They just they really wrote a pretty seamless script and and story that just it just flowed so wonderfully. To the writer, yes, Brad Bird, the writer. Yeah, nice job, you dude. know. I was reading an article that said that Brad Bird went through four iterations of the story before he landed on the current version. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's interesting that he wanted a villain that wasn't necessarily a villain, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that uh, right after The Incredibles is when we hopped into the MCU, right? So he didn't want to have to do just another superhero movie, even though it was animated versus live action. What really sets this film apart is the fact that it's not a bunch of guys and and girls just suiting up and going to fight crime. It's a a family, you know, with different Mm -hmm. age groups that you can clearly see and how even when you go uh, like firefighters, police officers, you know, you, you, you bond with them on a level that, you know, you don't normally bond with others because you're doing something together. You're going after a common mission. And so when you think of like the Avengers, you know, they're out trying to save the world. Yes, they've bonded. Yes, they fight, whatever the case is. But with this family, it's a completely different dynamic because it's not just the fact that they've bonded as superheroes. They have the love of a mother, a father, a son, a daughter to help them get through what they're doing. And that, I think, was like, I think, Gavin, you're the one that mentioned it, that all the little storylines that they ended up doing on the side, like when you talked about Violet, VJ and and all that stuff. The fact that there was multiple storylines going on and you were still able to keep track of the main storyline was great. We're used to seeing that with television a lot these days. And so the fact that they incorporated that into this film was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that. 
And now I need to figure out how to shoot that much water out of my nose. <laughs> Just take a big gulp, dude. Gross. That's right. Uh, one thing I want to... In... Oh, go ahead, AJ. <laughs> Oh, no. I just said we could take you to the happy plate. We can make it happen. Let's nice. do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, this Field is wonderful trip. tap water. <laughs> is this spring? No, tap. Huh? Fantastic tap. Oh, dash. Amazing. <laughs> what so are you say, one, one thing I want to uh, inject as well is I absolutely love, no offense to Edna, she's a fantastic designer, but I love the updated Elastigirl outfit. That was so cool, and it just reminded me of like MCU level like technology and textures, and I just thought yeah. it was really cool and slick. And she was always my favorite Incredible before this movie came out. Uh, sorry, but Jack Jack it has my number one superhero spot now. But Elastigirl was always my favorite, and she just she killed it in this movie. I love that they made her the lead, and we just got to see so much more from her and just the, the outfit is kind of like the icing on the cake. I just, I love that kind of light gray and red look. Just so cool. Very good design work. Yeah. I just didn't like looking. the camera that I could see that black spot <laughs> oh, on her yeah. suit. I was like, why couldn't the camera be in her logo? <laughs> like, why right, is it right true. there on the left side? I'm like, Mm, is that a fly? Knock it off. <laughs> it looked like a hole. Yeah. Well, we, we do know that Edna Mode does make the best suits because that suit did tear. True. <laughs> true. That's did. very true. Good Ooh, point. And she and, was all mad. <laughs> me and AJ were talking, or AJ brought it up uh, when we were watching it, or at, when we got out the movie, we were like, wait, didn't Jack-Jack already have a suit? But then he got an yes. upgraded suit because now there's so many different powers because Edna Mode yeah. made yeah, a suit she... that could basically whatever happens, you know. But now that she's seen <laughs> 17 different powers. Uh, yeah. Right. The foam. Do you the guys foam, think that... yeah. Tastes like raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> Completely edible. So good. <laughs> what did you guys think when he, like, grew? You're like, oh, my God. Oh, He's like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Big that was, yeah. baby. That was scary. That was so cool. I was like, Everything I'm not changing his diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he did was just such a surprise. And I loved how the whole family just delighted in it. It was like seeing a baby take yeah. his first step and say his first word. <laughs> it was just the same thing for them. And that was so fun to watch. And then just Jack Jack's joy. And he just was having a ball the whole movie. He was just having fun. He yeah. didn't know anything was like <laughs> dire or dangerous. He's just, he's just doing his baby thing. And it was awesome. Yeah. So funny. Pew, pew like when mode. they were driving Mr. Incredible, their credit car or whatever. Yeah. And then they're like, what, who do we have? It's us, Violet, Dash. And then they look at Jack Jack. Yeah. Oh and God. then he does that like weird weapon. interdimensional thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was so He's cool. He's in the fourth dimension. There yeah. he is. Like how many parents would love that little like control, remote control thing just yes. to see, like put on a suit on a yes. baby. The baby's going to have a meltdown right now. <laughs> Get the cookies. <laughs> yeah, cookies. <laughs> Uh, what, I can't wait what to try those cookies. Him? Huh? What does he call him? Cha-Cha want a cookie? Because yeah. he doesn't say Jack-Jack, right? No, yeah. but he says, he says like Cha-Cha. Cha -cha. Yeah, like Cha-Cha want a cookie? Cha-Cha, yeah. Cha-Cha want a cookie? Oh. <laughs> num -num cookies? Oh. Oh. I can't wait to try those chocolate chip cookies when yeah. Pixar Pier opens up. Oh, my oh gosh. seriously, yeah, right? 
<laughs> if they so, don't ask me if Cha-Cha wants a cookie, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> so do you think, Gavin, you said you, this is like the perfect ending for just the two for Incredibles. You wouldn't want to see a third. At the I, end credits, you see, um, what's his name? Uh, Underminer. The villain, Underminer. He pops yeah. up at the mm-hmm. very, very end. I'm like, <gasps> I to me, I thought this was a like a perfect middle movie for a third. I, I mean, I obviously, you know, I, I, I've stated that I've tired of all the sequels, but I still go to see them because they're right. they're made by Pixar, and Pixar has such a high standard of quality, and most of them end up being amazing. But yeah, I I think this is perfect the way it is. I don't think it it really begs for a third one. I could see them rolling it into a third one, but I like what the Toy Story franchise did and they continued little stories with the short films. You mm-hmm. know, you know they they've had what four or five different little short films and I think they're so great and that's such a wonderful way to just kind of let us peek back into the lives of those characters. And we don't need just film after film of these things. Uh, you know, I think at a, at a certain point, it just becomes a little watered down. And yeah, I think, you know, we mentioned it already just to see a series of Jack Jack adventures in short film format, I think would be amazing. So, you know, push come to shove. They do a third one. Of course, I'm there opening night. I love the Incredibles. Of course, I'm going to go. But right now, I don't think they need to. I didn't know if they were going to be doing a movie with Frozone. It seemed like they were doing... Stand, it's almost like they were doing standalone movies with Mr. Incredible, now Elastigirl, now maybe Frozone has his own yeah. story. Where... He does have his own theme song. Or maybe <laughs> right? it turns into like really Spy cool. Kids, where the next movie is all the kids, <laughs> like having to save <gasps> the parents or something. Cool. Oh, to save the parents? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically they but saved the parents this did. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that family's so B.A. I love them. I just want to see Frozone's wife. What does she look like? I know. I <laughs> yeah. do too. Yeah. Uh, he was Honey. great. And when he discovered Jack Jack's powers, uh, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> when they cut away. Character. What yeah. the? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. We and then you got this demon baby. Like... <laughs> uh, so good. So, Melissa, you saw it in 3D. Would you recommend it in 3D? Yes. Because the action scenes are really superb. When she's flying out and with the motorcycle, it is so good. Hmm. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk much about that motorcycle. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Did you guys watch that and feel like they took inspiration from Tarzan's scene where he's, like, going through the vines almost? Because it seemed like there was so much of the action and the movement in – you guys are all shaking your head, but <laughs> I'm saying no. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know now, I, now that you really? mention it, I can I can see it. It didn't come to my mind though. There's so much of how the camera moved and shifted, and how she would bounce from one thing to another, and how slick it was that I felt like they looked at that and thought, okay, well, let's do this on a motorcycle. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. I got Mission Impossible vibes. Yeah, but that felt. I, yeah, I, I guess so. I got a little bit of a Tron vibe, but other than that, like, like that scene was kind of a mixture of Tron and Spider-Man. And but I mean, really, I felt like it was really unique in the way that they designed that action. And 
I didn't like as I watched it, like now that I think about it, I can kind of compare it to things. But as I watched it, it felt totally new. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. feel like I'd seen a motorcycle scene like that with a superhero before. And, and the way that that bike can separate and allow her stretching abilities to be an added benefit to what the bike can do and what she can do with it was mm-hmm. very clever. <clears throat> and in a way that didn't seem obvious that they were just creating a new toy. You know, I thought that it, it just it ended up being a very cool, compelling, viable vehicle for her to use and a vehicle for the story as well. Uh, so I, I don't know. To me, I, I just I loved it. And the fact that she was so excited about it and initially mm-hmm. Bob was like a little envious, like, oh, yeah, my, I don't have my credit card anymore, but you get a bike? Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. Oh, and it's electric. And what does that mean? <laughs> it means it's torquey. torquey. And you got to love <laughs> Dash's instant obsession with the credit card. That was yeah. the yeah. coolest. Yeah. And when Shoot he summons ride, it at the ride. very end, he's like, yes, my sweet ride's here. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Ah. <laughs> Since you're talking about Dash, a quick side note. I've had moments like Bob had with Dash. It's like, how did they change math? Why would they do this? Math is math. <laughs> uh, you know, they've changed math to Common Core. Yeah. And so yes. having to relearn the structure of how the schools want kids to do math going forward. I've had to go on YouTube and read articles about how to do common core math so that he doesn't get it wrong. Because if you teach him how to do it your way and he does it that way, he will get it marked incorrect. Even if he gets the right answer? Yeah. Even if he gets the right answer, he has to follow the structure of common core. (laughs) That's what I said. And that was Bob's argument, right? It's like math is math. (laughs) But I know the frustration because I've been through it. Any parents that have children around that age and have to learn Common Core, you guys, you guys know the struggle. Hashtag the struggle is real. I want to take the book and just smack it against your head because I don't know why they had to do that. I know it's crazy. I'm not a parent, but working at a school, you have to learn it like this really fast to be Mm -hmm. able to help them out. Because yeah, yeah, it's a headache. (laughs) It is. All right, guys, Uh, I think that is going to top off our talk on The Incredibles 2 for today. But uh, if you guys have any thoughts on, you know, The Incredibles, what your favorite parts were, your favorite characters, join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. We are at Podcateers. Tell us what you liked. You know, what, what, you know what? Tell us what your favorite Jack Jack moment was. <laughs> Took the I'm words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, what was your favorite Jack Jack moment? Or Leave favorite a power? With that. Or favorite power? That's a good one too. Yeah. Before we close up the podcast again, thank you very much to Nick Panic City for creating our new theme song. Super excited about it. I feel like our identity is complete now. I feel that as we level up and we go into this next chapter of podcateers i'm hoping that all of our bucket list items come true uh so with that said uh i know that the fgp squad had a sneak preview of the theme song about a week and a half before this episode launched and if you guys want exclusive content like that additional episodes little side talks that we have join the fgp squad what does fgp squad stand for well we call them our fairy godparents for the podcast but they've dubbed themselves the fgp squad 
You can give as little or as much as you want monthly, but for a contribution of at least $5 a month, you also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button. We are in talks to tier out the Fairy Godparent program so that you can choose which level you want to contribute at and it will have different perks associated with it. More on that will be coming up soon. If you want more information, head over to podcasters.com slash FGP. You'll find all the information there, plus a list of our current fairy godparents. If you click on their names, it'll take you over to any project that they're currently associated with. So go give them a shout out. Check out what they're doing. Another great way to help out the podcast is if you shop on Amazon, start that purchase next time by going to podcasters.com slash Amazon and clicking on the giant Amazon button on that page. Doing so will take you over to Amazon using our special link and anything that you purchase will earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because you took the time to do those extra clicks and make your purchase using our special link. To everyone that's currently doing that, we just want to say thank you for your added support as well. Uh, remember, we are officially signed up for the Chalk Walk. So if you guys want to join Team Boat Willie this year as we try to raise some money to help the Children's Hospital of Orange County, you can head over to TeamBoatWillie.com or just go to the Podcasters website and click on the Team Boat Willie page on the top of the website. There you'll find a little bit more information about what Team Boat Willie is, what our plans are, and a link to do one of two things. You can either join Team Boat Willie and help us raise money as a team member walk with us today of the chalk walk or if you like just contribute a few bucks to our mission of raising five thousand dollars to help chalk this year uh if you guys have any questions feel free to shoot us a message at comments at podcasters.com or uh, send us a message on facebook instagram or twitter we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have about joining the team donating or if you can just help you know, repost the link. That would be really helpful for us as well. Uh, we're also getting ready to do like a questions episode. So if you guys have any questions that you want to ask us about the parks, traveling, you know, attractions, anything that you guys want to ask, send us a question to comments at podcasters.com or you can post uh, your question on any of our social networks. You can send us a DM if you like or if you see any of us in the parks, ask us a question and we'll jot it down for that upcoming episode. And uh, I'm excited about those. I love when we get a chance to just interact with the listeners and answer their questions. So yeah. uh, shoot those over to us as well. Whew. It's tacos and beer time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anything else before we close up this episode? Um, I'm just still trying to figure out this Common Core math stuff. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I Googled it. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Hit me up. I will help you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so lucky you don't have to learn any of that. It's so ridiculous. That's hilarious. I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next week, here is to beers, cheers, and Mickey ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Stay super. Bye. (laughs) Aw. Bye. (laughs)